Today we will draw to a close series one of the Intelligent Content Marketing Talks podcast. Episode 57, wow, doesn't time fly? We kick off our final episode discussing Seth Godin's concept of an idea virus and examples of how the big giants today have incorporated this technique in their own marketing campaigns. We then move the discussion onwards to the topic of building and loving your tribe and then on to the final chapter, how in the connection economy, finding an important truth very few people will ever agree with you on will allow you insights into secrets that your competition will never get their hands on. You're listening to Digital Bacon FM. little bit of thunder here on a friday top of the hour it is that was basement jacks with romeo the acoustic mix of course it's that time here we go Mr. Stephen Barnes on the that's acoustic the, coupler. How are you, good sir? I'm all right, mate. That's the um, that's the bandwidth that comes from uh, the Drakensberg, <laughs> is it not? How goes it this week with you? All right, yeah, all right, all right. I mean, just keep trucking on. It's um, uh, that's the life you lead these days, right? You just gotta get on with it. So we're getting on with it. <laughs> no time to waste. Absolutely, time waits for no man in the connection economy. So we are moving on. If I remember correctly, Module 9, uh, Chapter 33, Your Idea Virus. Yes, we're at, mo- we're at Module 9, and uh, that follows, obviously, Module sorry, follow, module 10 follows closely after that. Uh, and then we'll be all good and all done. But this is our segue into mm. the Idea Virus, the integral part of an intelligent content marketing business model. And... An idea virus is, is Seth Godin's work. He wrote a book mm. called Unleashing the Idea Virus. And the great thing about Seth Godin is that when you really understand his work, what he's done is what he did was he kind of like thought through the kind of inevitable consequences of the connection economy and what sort of fun, business phenomenon would become an integral sort of part of the connection economy commercial experience so he wrote book you know tribes and purple cow and uh linchpin and then one you know that's a milestone one for me too is uh the idea virus unleashing the idea virus so Mm -hmm. what's an idea virus well my i have two idea viruses one's called the hong kong visa geezer and the other is called intelligent content marketing. Seth described an idea virus as an idea that spreads through various networks and grows rapidly within the target population. Like any virus, an idea virus infects and changes every individual it touches, even in just a very small way. The outcome of this infection may not be noticeable or it could lead to the creation of new products or services. So other examples of idea viruses, the iPhone, Google, mm-hmm. eBay, absolutely, positively, definitely. Do you remember that one? No, I don't. It's the FedEx overnight delivery service. Ah. Absolutely, positively, definitely over the, overnight. I never caught that one. Um, perhaps because I'm a little bit older than you, you might have been. 
<laughs> no, I never caught that virus. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, um, and, so and this is I, an idea what virus, did, yeah. What I liked is on your slide, you had iPhone, absolutely, positively, definitely, Google, eBay, and then, of course, your brand listed right underneath. Very clever, sir. Well, for that's what they are, right? The uh, intelligent content marketing is, is, is what, what you see is what you get is what is on the tin. And Hong Kong visa visa is pretty self-evident the kind of, you know, proposition that you're going to be engaging with if you come across something like that. And it might now, be a solution to the problem. You and I have, have spoken about idea viruses at some length and you've pointed me in the right direction in, in, in a couple of different ways. Now, I don't want to knock Mr. Godin because I probably don't know enough about him, but it's okay to look at these brands that have been created and because they have global domination, it's easy to say, okay, it's an idea virus, but it's also just a brand name. Um, do you think that when uh, some chap sat around and said, let's create a platform on the internet that will be the place that everybody goes to to get their questions answered, let's call it Google, that sounds like an idea virus. Do you think that was their intention? Um, no, I think what you encounter typically, especially as a result of the you know early stuff where you didn't really know what you're going to end up with right when when google started its search engine endeavors it didn't know it didn't realize it was going to go on to what it is now i think you could reasonably foresee mm. that if they stuck around and they ended up being the dominant search engine you know obviously their mission would would broaden but it, you know you wouldn't think at the time that you're applying an idea virus and it just so happens after the fact that connection economy phenomenon results or sorry, the connection economy results in the phenomenon of idea viruses and playing an integral part of how the communication modality is harnessed in the connection economy. And, and mm. so why Seth Golding was was brilliant is that he, he, he you know, he, he recognized that functionality that, that existed, that, that, that potential, I should say, that existed. Um, and then and encapsulated it in in, in, in very clever words and uh, mm. and then articulated the whole proposition out and and spread the idea virus as being the idea virus right that's what it is so uh, yep. very clever very clever man all right I always think that something is like global when it becomes a verb uh, so yeah, in the <laughs> industrial economy no you're right absolutely it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with you know, connection economy products and services that would drive that mm. kind of thing. So that's sure. true. Interesting. What's up is a verb. Indeed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good example. Right. Scooting yeah. along, sir. Indeed. Yeah. So um, we actually carry on with Seth Golden's work as we move into module nine, chapter 34 of 36. Uh, and this is called building and lobbying your tribe. Mm. Uh, and the whole idea of a tribe as being a phenomenon of the connection economy is this is predicated on this notion that if you show up to lead a particular cohort of people using you know your intrinsic knowledge of the subject matter that um, gives you the wherewithal to actually command the potential of a cohort then if you execute that strategically, you can end up being the leader of that particular tribe. Um, okay. And the underlying phenomenon 
that represents Seth Godin articulated in his book, The Tribe or Tribes. And, and he says that tribes are inevitable because it's the human condition to connect. Uh, we all want to connect. So um, tribes are, are, are inevitable. Um, and connections then lead to relationships that can offer meaningful value. And that tribe form, tribes form organically because it's kind of a catalytic um, in it's catalytic in nature via instinct formed by leadership who envisage a different future, heading to a place where striving to attain whatever that is. Now that sounds all sort of you know a bit a bit hairy fairy and artsy fartsy, mm. but what we're trying to do with the Monopoly Tribe is to provide as well. The intelligent content marketing tribe, what we're trying to do there is on the one hand, um, allow or create the idea of intelligent content marketing to spread by giving it away generously and um, in a sense unconditionally to anyone who can get value out of it. And we own the ongoing responsibility for demonstrating that it works and how we're using this stuff and we're learning we're learning as we go and we're sharing what we're learning with the tribe at the same time. So ongoing live social proof. So in on the one hand, uh, we're, we're, we're seeking to lead the, um, the natural tribe that's out there for this thing called intelligent content marketing. And then, and then subsequently, once that tribe has been built to a certain level, it will naturally want to anticipate a sense of community uh, and so we have the Monopoly Tribe proposition, which delivers the sense of the community to that tribe. Uh, so like we did with the Hong Kong Visa Center, and you're all that is those that want to pay and those that don't want to pay. So we give all our IP away for free on the Hong Kong Visa Handbook. We give all our IP away for free on um, Intelligent Content Marketing, the Encyclopedia of Intelligent Content Marketing. We show that our knowledge and know-how of Hong Kong, applied Hong Kong immigration is kept up to date by publishing every day, answering people's questions. Uh, and we do the same with intelligent content marketing by producing, that's the tribe, I should say, Monopoly Tribe, uh, side of the intelligent content marketing tribe. We uh, deliver social proof by ongoing video diary updates across all our businesses. So in that regard, we're... Um, creating the environment for all of those people who exist out there that have this problem that we know how they can solve. Um, this whole uh, sort of approach is designed to um, spark initiative and uh, give a, a real focus on what this stuff's all about uh, and then belief, desire, and also drive to uh, use it. So that's why we've designed our intelligent content marketing proposition from the perspective of the paying tribe and the non-paying tribe. And uh, mm. we know that these phenomena uh, are present when you've got an intelligent content marketing business model because that's what we've seen in the immigration mm. side when you compare it to the Hong Kong Visa Handbook. Yes, and I do know which part of the tribe I was in that occasion, good sir, and very happily so. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's great all these years later for you to keep recounting exactly how <laughs> you that there were two types of customers. 
yeah, there's there's that, but there was something that I, I remember sitting having a dinner with you, and you told me that story of the the two two kinds of people, one who pays and the other one pays, and we got on to the um the discussion of it being like a mechanic, and uh, while we might know how the engine works, we know that we want the peace of mind that somebody else better work on the engine rather than us, and that's that's always stood by me, and I've never regretted paying a cent for for expertise. Uh, as well as that um, mint on the pillow service, and that indeed. applies to every section that I have. Indeed, indeed. So, so a few words on leading and loving your tribe. So, mm. uh, listen to them and value what you hear. Uh, show up. Be generous. Be consistent. And I say finally, be savvy. Always look for ways to add value and do smart things. You mm. know, there are people out there that have the need to uh, the solution to a problem that in a sense you in many ways only you might be able to offer certainly if you create a proposition in such a way on the web that you win all of that interest in solving that problem no matter what your solution is for the most part you're going to guarantee that you'll win that business and you'll monopolize your niche so get yourself into tribe generation mindset and uh, just be generous and you're, you know, you're on your way. Excellent. Right. Next okay. slide. It's, it's the yes. secrets. Yes, secrets, chapter 35. Um, and, and this sort of speaks to, well, Peter Thiel, who is one of Silicon Valley's most famous um, venture capitalist. He was a founder of PayPal and was a, one of the early invest, first investors in Facebook. So he says that the connection economy throws up business models that uh, will ultimately be able to generate stuff that only you get to know about. So these are secrets. Uh, and these secrets allow you to go on and, you know, leverage your insights and the other stuff that comes from having those knowledge of those secrets that none of your competitors have and that that helps you forge towards monopoly. So he says to you firstly in his book Zero to One, he says, what important thing do you know to be true that nobody else would agree with you on? Hmm. And what I came to understand after the fact, once he'd couched it in this language, is that I, I learned in 1996 the power of free. Okay. It was so counterintuitive back then and remained counterintuitive and still remains counterintuitive to this day. So if you're an expert and you've always experienced, you've always delivered, no, you've always encountered the value that you offer on the basis of scarcity. How can you possibly, if you give all of what you know, all your secret sauce, if you give it all away for free, how can you then make money out of it? I'm sure that's the question that you are asked most. Well, it's self-evident in the power of free, right? So, um, yeah, you basically help answer questions. You, you, give, you share all your IP and know-how. You answer questions, help solve problems. Use that as, you know, as a catalyst to creating proper relationships connected relationships and then you design your service proposition to sell jobs to be done and uh, yeah. it's a winning formula and it's all driven by power free it all starts by generosity on your part so mm. it's the ultimate scale model you know 
So, so yeah, so that's the first thing. Uh, um, you know, the core secret to the Hong Kong Visa Center is the power of free. Now, it's not the secret anymore because I share it with everybody, right? So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the world's most shared secret. Well, he says, you know, uh, Peter Thiel says, every one of today's most famous and familiar ideas was once unknown and unsuspected, right? Uh -huh. So who would have thought that a lawyer could give all his know-how away for free and, you know, make more than a million US dollars a year on that basis? So, um, and the, right. And then Peter Thiel in Zero to One talks about if you nail that important truth that no one else would agree with you on, then you come to a situation where you go from a zero to one business. So there's no business in that space. And then there's one business and that business gets the monopoly. So mm. that's the underlying sort of rationale behind intelligent content marketing when you get right down to it. Um, uh, so Peter Thiel says when you're asking or investigating what your secrets are, he says that secrets, is, secrets that are glimpses of the future and could one day be world-changing ideas and companies. You can't find secrets without looking for them, and there are many secrets left to find. So, yeah, if you are very, very knowledgeable, as you should be in your niche and you're using intelligent content marketing as a way forward, you'll have an insight into what these secrets are, particularly if you now know that you can harness the power of free to unlock your own secrets. That um, I think provides a pretty wide open um, plateau of, uh, of, uh, of directions to head into with your um, you know, your, 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 the development of your proposition, which will ultimately lead to secrets. Um, and then I say, from my own experience, the biggest secret of all is that whilst, well, it's not such a secret really, because you only have to look at what's going on, but in the last 10 years, Jason, in Hong Kong immigration, what we've done is we've, firstly, we completely monopolized the information, source of information on Hong Kong immigration completely monopolized it. We created a totally new paradigm where essentially anyone who's got an immigration problem can ask us and get an answer to that problem that's expert, right, for free. And, and thirdly, once you lay down the, um, the content in your platform, get to a thousand pieces of content after a few years, you will map the knowledge graph and when you map the knowledge graph, you then get insights as to um, you know what the market is really uh, looking for and what they're worried about. And because you can understand, like if you've got if you if you've got, if you've got a, a platform of content that that's designed to ask or answer natural language questions, pretty quickly you can you can learn exactly you know what kind of things people are worried about and how much of a you know you might want to pay attention to that as a as a market opportunity say or the provision of a new product or some some new way to add value these mm. secrets these insights that you get um, from having mapped the knowledge graph in the way that you do with intelligent content marketing gives you unparalleled well just not forever unceasingly yielding source of secrets that your competition will never have. Now, so the power of free. Yeah. Uh, given that we've we've pretty much come to the end of this um, long series of slides, how would you feel about uh, picking up and continuing with the new series uh, and go through everything that you've learned about the power of free and how you've put it into practice? 
Well, I think that's uh, a sterling idea, a sterling idea, because it's been a while since that material was um, first published. It was updated with a series of interviews that uh, Simi and I did, I think, in 2017. Um, but the mm. world is, uh, you know, an ever-changing place, and uh, it'll be really good, I think, to turn our attention to that proposition as our next project, yeah? Excellent. Now, the last slide that you have, has just four very important words. Go forth and disrupt. Yes, you know, it's... Uh, I, 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 I had to arrive at a point in my life, Jason, where I knew or I'd learned that everything that I thought was the right way of doing things prior uh, was a disaster and it was leading me absolutely nowhere in a hurry and um, it was one of those sort of moments in time where as I, I was in my, my late 40s yeah I was in my late 40s then um, flat broke having only one expertise in my head Hong Kong immigration but having uh, you know 20, 20 year strong relationship with Martin um, Having been in that situation and then having gone through everything that I've had to go through to learn everything that has been presented in these last podcast series of um, uh, Monopoly the Planner uh, was was designed ultimately to obviously save my ass, but after the fact, once now that I realised that I should share this in the way that I do and ultimately go on to mon monetize it via the Monopoly uh, tribe community proposition, um, it, 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 it's kind of like self-evident to me to, so, to such a strong, compelling uh, starting point that, that if somebody who was facing the same problem that I was facing 10 years ago uh, um, and has a skill set just like David Bruce has got, just like Elspeth Ray has got, just like Simeon Krastas has got, all generations, all different areas, all different spaces, um, you can, you can take all of these ideas and you can immediately begin to apply them. You have to acquire a modicum of new skills, but in the connection economy, all those skills are available. They can be found via Udemy for 10 or $15, great high-level courses, right? The, 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 the dozen or so new things that you need to get your head around um, are completely, you know, within the remit of, of any person who's become an expert in uh, in any particular subject matter in the industrial economy modus. It's just a uh, a mindset shift to acquire new skills and realize that, you know, this is how the modern world works. And mm. if it's any kind of consolation or comfort to, you know, those that are in their 30s, 40s, 50s that are, you know, needing to chart a new way forward. Um, you might feel that it's impossible to become overnight some kind of computer coder and have a complete career change um, and therefore, you know, be locked out of the ability to really participate in the modern connection economy. Um, no, that's kind of like those skills are kind of like all the hardware technical skills for this operating system. Mm. If you're an expert know-how service professional, you need to know how to operate that operating system uh, and 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 uh, take advantage of all the natural monopoly building dynamics that 
exist in answering questions, solving problems, doing it easily enough. It's not difficult, you know. You answer, you produce one, start off by producing the answers to the top 100 questions that anybody ever asks you. Um, you then over time target to build, uh, to get to 500 pieces of content in 500 days. And then the first 90 days produce pieces of content that are designed to drive revenue opportunities. And then you direct response market again them, against them, or you do Google ads against them to deliver some kind of value and forge your relationship while you get on with your foundation content, you know, building, which takes time uh, as you publish answers to questions and, you know, solutions to problems and what have you. Um, but, you know, if you are new to all of this stuff, and most people I suspect will be, they'll have ideas of things called digital marketing and the like, but they would never have, I suspect, really think about how you can pull all of these phenomena called intelligent content marketing together and actually come up with a business model that accords with you know the way that the connection economy operates. I think it's outside of the most uh, of most mo most sort of you know people's early thinking. But but once you've sort of gotten your head around this stuff and realise it's just application of a formula, and that the skills, as I was saying, that you need to acquire are not that hard to get and actually represent some of the joy and fun in, you know, being able to take control back so by, you know, understanding a little bit more about how this stuff works and, and actually, you know, create the foundation for your own future success by adopting these, uh, these ideas. So uh, all I can say is that, you know, after 10 years of, of blood, sweat and tears and huge investment on our part in terms of publishing, you know, to this niche and sharing it with everybody, um, the things that we're doing and the way that we've done it and how it all works. Um, that's that that that's something that's something where we are ten years after we started. So, uh, if you look at you know your own activities and say to yourself, well, um, can I re realistically copy this business model as they've applied it in the Hong Kong Visa Center? And then, am I able to learn from the intelligent content marketing? entire proposition and how that's being monetized can i learn something from that that speaks to uh this being stuff worth investing in because it's it's going to save you bacon if you ain't got anywhere else to go and there's no jobs available in your niche anymore so mm. go forth and disrupt let me know when we can start doing your power of free series that'll be good to good to get our teeth into i think Yes, yes, yes. We have a few projects ahead of us and uh, we need to see how we can accommodate that before some others, I suspect. So I'll get back to you. My people will call yours. <laughs> Thank you, good sir. It's coming up for the top of the hour. This is Digital Bacon FM. And of course, thanks to Mr. Stephen Barnes. Digital Bacon FM. There we have it. That's the end of series one of the podcast. Thank you to everyone who's followed us throughout the series. And if you'd like to take a look and absorb any of our free online materials and resources, head over to the intelligentcontent.marketing website and sign up for the Encyclopedia of Intelligent Content Marketing. It's all 100% free of charge with no annoying spam emails because that's not how we roll. Although series one is over, We'll be back with Series 2 on all your favourite streaming platforms or wherever you get your podcasts very, very soon. If you can, 
please leave us a review and the star rating so we can help spread the podcast and grow our community of connection economy entrepreneurs. Remember guys, ideas that spread win. On behalf of Jason Black and myself, Stephen Barnes, thank you for listening. Take care and we'll be back very, very soon. Thank you.